1: What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, September 5th. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. Gentlemen, first time in a long time, we have the entire uncontested crew here. We have Nick Crane, who is yet to watch House of the Dragon, or as I like to call it, Hot D.
3: <laughs> wow all all six of us and i'm first to be called out it's truly an honor you're welcome
1: we've got jd in the house
4: fellows
1: <coughs> <So> <laughs> clear the throat <laughs> uh we've got the man justin peabody here
2: hello everybody
1: just so th- just for the record for the fans justin did not screw up the sticker order this time they are on the way
2: hey you're welcome <laughs>
1: We've got Taylor Peterson.
4: Just uh, super excited to debate some NBA 2K Thunder Ratings with you guys.
1: And we've got the one and only Kami Armaramian.
3: Hey, I'm here. And everybody's here. Hey, that's that's like, this is the first time we've had everybody like actually here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been a minute. Yeah.
1: Brian Sinat in the chat says, Shit, we have a basketball team plus one. Who's the sixth man? I was just about to say,
4: who's the sixth man? That's tough. No, 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 you just have, to start.
1: you're, just
2: you're starting, starting center. center. Come on, get that, get that humble yeah. stuff out of here. It's not humble; it's lack of conditioning. <laughs> no, it's we need rim protection. <laughs> I can't handle starters' minutes. I'm not in game shape. I'm like Zion. Uh, I'm like
3: Zion. I don't know. It would be the sixth man? I can need I be to the the spark sixth off man, the bench. I'll come off the bench. But when I come in, I'm shooting everything. If yeah. oh, well, if Nick exactly.
1: is starting or coming off the bench. He's shooting Gosh. everything, I think.
3: <laughs> when we played I that game, good. Nick was at the top of the key and surrounded by everybody. I was like, oh, play's dead. And this man threw the ball off the backboard, caught the rebound, and made the layup. And I just like stood like I <laughs> nice. saw Jesus. I was like, what? Did I just see that in a pickup <laughs> game? That was pretty fun. So, yeah. Treat, so treat every time. game like the All-Star game. And one (laughs) Nick Crane over
1: here. I love it. Uh, Gentlemen, we're going to talk some basketball tonight. The biggest thing going around the NBA right now, obviously, the Donovan Mitchell trade, kind of coming out of nowhere, we all thought New York Knicks, New York Knicks, New York Knicks. Turns out the New York Knicks either pissed away an opportunity, uh, they overestimated Utah's ability to find another trade partner, whatever. Donovan Mitchell does not get traded to the Knicks. Instead, he ends up with the Cleveland Cavaliers the entire trade. Um, Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. In return, Utah gets Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Agbaji, the number 14 pick this summer. Uh, Colin Sexton on a uh, trade, an extension. Colin Sexton, I think, is under a four-year deal now. Three unprotected first-round picks in 25, 27, and 29. Two unprotected pick swaps in 26 and 28. Nick, I'm going to start with you. How do you feel about this return for Donovan Mitchell?
3: It's a haul. Like that's that is a lot. I'm not saying it's an overpay because anytime you get a chance to add a young star, you do it. Like it's just you don't get that opportunity all the time. Um, I think it's it's a great return for Utah. They're they're well on their way to being good sooner than later like I I don't even know if they can fully bottom out this season frankly um I think they've got more talent than some of these bottom teams do I'm gonna say this and I want it to be taken with a grain of salt because I don't think these players are close relative to like the player they are but I think Colin Sexton gives you damn near the production Donald Mitchell does as an offensive player they're they're both they're both guys that aren't gonna be, you know, world leaders on defense, but they're they both are bucket getters. And I, I could see Sexton averaging 22 a game this year and like putting up similar numbers. Not that he's the same in like impact,
4: but from a, a stats point, like I I think he's almost the same. Especially with the opportunity he'll be given. I think that's a good point. Um and not just the players that they got in return, but I also think I mean at first there was a part of me, like I, I think Woj tweeted out later or, or put in his article after the trade that at one point, I think he said early July, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Knicks had RJ, Grimes, Robinson, and like two first round picks on the table. And at first I saw that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what is Utah, do- why did they not take that immediately? Well, this is why. They didn't really want RJ Barrett, contrary to reports, they didn't want these players in return. They wanted those unprotected first round picks, just like Presty. they wanted them far out in advance, right? Um, less predictability, more opportunity for those to be higher return picks. And I don't think that the Knicks were willing to part with those um, so far down the line where the Cavs were, like Nick said, it's a lot to give up. They're completely mortgaging their future on this trade, but lucky for them, they have some solid pieces, young pieces in place. And, and now they all really kind of the stars aligned for the Cavs. When you think about Mitchell, uh, Garland, uh, Mobley, Jared Allen, I mean, it's it's really impressive what they've done to be able to pull off a trade like this and still have all those those uh, pieces intact. So I liked it for both sides, and I think that's why after thinking about it over the weekend, I like this offer from the Cavs more than I do that initial one
2: even from the Knicks, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense for both teams. I think this is one that for the Cavs, like I got excited for Cavs fans, and I got excited as a Thunder fan because I think – it's been easy to to point out some parallels to what the Cavs have done the last few years to what the Thunder are doing now. And so looking forward a few years, I think it's easy to envision a scenario where Sam Presti cashes in a bunch of picks and goes after a Star when they're, you know, ready. I think the Cavs have shown they were ready. They were in the playoff hunt. They, you know, took a swing at it. They look, they had a lot of fun moments with Evan Mobley last year, but like clearly not a championship ready team yet. Cash in those picks, go get another star. And now let's see where you're at. I think OKC could follow a similar path. And Taylor, that's where I take the only exception to what you said of like, I wouldn't say they were mortgaging their future as much as, as they were betting on it. And I think that's what, that's what that'll be when that time comes for Sam Presti. All those picks are there for a reason. We've said it ad nauseum. He's not going to pick all those picks at some point when you feel good about it and the options on the table, you're going to cash those in and trade for somebody. Do I think that happens now? Do I think the Thunder are there yet? Absolutely not. But I think they'll get there, and that's exciting to look forward to. I love that. Really good point.
1: Kami, trying to tie all this back to Oklahoma City. Hypothetically, if Shea Gilgis Alexander were to be made available, um, like right now, right before the start of the season, could the Thunder get a trade package in return for Shea similar to what Utah just got for Donovan Mitchell, which was three unprotected firsts, two unprotected swaps, uh, and a handful of young players, a couple of them pretty promising?
3: Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't
1: think that's.
3: I think that's something that Pressy would want, but I don't think that's the return he would get. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has accomplished um, like we can we can argue about talent wise and talent and all this other stuff and like where Donovan Mitchell has led Utah, but he also had better pieces around him. We haven't seen Shea as the guy with pieces around him. and so, and he hasn't had a playoff, you know, he's had playoff experience, but he hasn't been the guy in playoff scenarios. And so I know I don't think he'd get that same return. I think, of course, as a Thunder fan, we'd want him to get that same return, but he wouldn't.
1: Silva, how how big of a gap do you think it is between what Shea could acqu- uh, acquire the Thunder in a trade versus what Donnie got? I actually think it's uh, closer uh, than what Camiar was saying, only because
5: I think teams kind of think there there could be a bit more mystery to Shea because he's been on losing teams. He's been sitting a lot at the end of the seasons for various injuries and you know sometimes not. Um I think there's still I think teams could convince themselves that there's still some potential yet to be unlocked for Shay. Shea's also a little bit younger than Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is 25. Um You're about 20- to turn
1: 26 I think.
5: He is on September 7th. Yeah two days. Uh Hey-o. so he's almost 26. He's uh Donovan Mitchell's the oldest guy out of the Cavs young core now. Uh Jared Allen's like 24 Garland's twenty-two, I think. Uh, Mobley just got drafted, obviously. So yeah, I think if if Pressy were to make a trade like that, I think with the with the unknown element, unknown upside, I think it, it could be close. You know, maybe it's one pick less, maybe it's that same amount of picks but some protections on one of them. Maybe it's one less swap. I think I think it'd be close.
1: Interesting. Well, to try to since we are a Thunder podcast, try to talk about this Donovan Mitchell trade, but in a more Thunder-centric context, Nick. You kind of touched on this a little bit ago. I want to come back to you on this. Where does this put Utah in the tank running in the West? Like we we've talked about how the top tier of the West, there's like so many good teams. We're starting to get a nice little pool of like the trash tier at the bottom of the West now. Uh, Utah has definitely entered that chat. So when you look at like Houston, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and Utah now, how do you kind of rank those four? from like best, like they're going to have the the better record to worst, meaning they're going to have better lottery odds.
3: So right now, Utah's the best team that said they've got a multitude of guys. They're going to be trading likely. Um, you think about Mike Conley. You think about Bojan Bogdanovich. You think about um, Jordan Clarkson. You think about Rudy Gay. There's all these guys that are good players that contribute now. Um, I don't think Utah has, Plans for many of those guys to be here long-term. And so you've got to think about, like, today they're the best team, but if they traded those guys, they'd be getting picks or players. But even if you take those guys out of the equation and you look at their, like, rebuilding starting lineup, as it sits today, would be Agbaji, Sexton, um, Stanley Johnson. THT. THT. Oh, T-H-T. And, <laughs> uh, and then you could go Mark and enter Vanderbilt and then Walker Kessler at center. Kessler, like, yeah. That team is probably as bad as the Rockets, Thunder, you know, Magic Pistons. But then again, like when they trade, if they trade those veterans, they're going to get players or picks back. And so, I don't know. Whether they keep one or two of these guys or trade them all, I still think the Jazz will be a hair better than the Thunder.
1: Oh, interesting. Justin, if we took this Jazz team as currently constructed, took away Bojan Bogdanovic, took away Mike Conley, and put them in a seven game series with this current iteration of the Thunder with injured Chet. Who wins?
2: Thunder and six.
1: <laughs> and
2: I I think that I I don't see I, I'm not as high on this as as Nick is, I guess. Uh I, I think there's kind of two tiers at the bottom going into next season. I think you have Utah and San Antonio that are gonna be like chasing all out the number one pick I'd put OKC Houston Orlando kind of in that next tier I think all five of those teams very much are going to be gunning for high lottery odds next year but I, I I've got Utah and San Antonio at kind of a different level than the rest of those teams right now
1: I think Oklahoma City out of those four teams in the West has the best player agreed and is it ambitious to say they maybe have the third best player if we pulled all the, the players from – players that are actually going to play next season? Yep. If you put all of OKC, yeah. Houston, Utah, San Antonio, I think Oklahoma City has player number one and three and Shea and Josh. Is that ambitious?
4: I don't think so. I mean, I'm thinking if, through if the Spurs players. If you're players.
1: taking Mike
3: – and you're talking like the Jazz – if, if they were to trade Post, Conley and right. Clark and Malik Beasley and Bogdanovich, I forget. Malik Beasley's a 20 point
4: per game score, too. I think I still have taken Josh Giddy over Beasley. I think his trade value is higher right now across the league than Beasley. Uh, if oh, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. But on court production is different than trade value. True. Well, he also impacts the game in different ways. So, like, it depends. If we're looking at a vacuum, like, I think, Nick, you're thinking points per game more heavily influences wins when given the opportunity rather than Josh Giddy impacting the game on different levels, but he's not going to be scoring 22 points per game to your point. Um, I don't know. I I'm still with Justin. I think I, I would take the thunder over this team. And to answer your question, Jacob, like I'm even willing to be even a little more ambitious uh, and maybe it's a little Homer of me, but I think of those young teams right now, the thunder and I'm, I'm probably grouping Chet into this, even though we know he's not playing this next season. I think they probably have the best young core of any of those teams in the west. Um, magic oh, I think an that's definitely case, fair. But yeah.
1: And if Chet was healthy, I would say the Thunder have the two best players on any of those four <laughs> rosters.
4: But if we like turn this back, yo it's know, true. But if we turn this back on Utah, like there's a chance 5 seasons from now they maybe six seasons from now, maybe they have the best young core. Um, So that's, what's fascinating. What are different points? What Danny Ainge and I forget the GM's name, (laughs)
5: what they've been able to do with this. Me either. Basically just Danny Ainge.
1: Danny Ainge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kamyar with this trade, Donovan Mitchell is now in the Eastern conference. He's a former NBA all-star at the guard position. Dejounte Murray, who was a all-star guard last season, now also in the Eastern conference. ATL. Did this trade just move Shea's odds of making an All Star game this year? Up? Yeah, I
3: thought you were gonna ask that question. Yeah, uh, it does. We we have talked about how much talent specifically is in the West. I mean, in the East, it's mostly concentrated. You know, we've been talking about it mostly concentrating those top two three teams uh, in the West. It's just, there are so many good teams, and if Shea has the year that he's capable of. Well, suddenly, you've removed Sean J. Murray, who is a defensive guy, but getting more of an offensive game. And then you have Donnie Mitchell, who is a short guard, but massive wingspan uh, with some cool playoff moments. It gives him better odds. Now, am I saying he's going to make an all-star game or that? No, but I'm saying, does it improve his odds? Well, certainly improve improves his odds if two other really good guards
5: are moved to the Eastern Conference. Silva? Yeah, I'm with yeah, I'm with Kamiar there. And uh after the loss of Chet, I'm honestly just like banking on some <laughs> ray of 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 sunshine and happiness hitting the thunder. <laughs> and uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna be pushing the Shay's and all-star narrative all season long, just to keep things happy around these parts of town.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. You no more Donovan Mitchell, no more DeJounte Murray. Like this is gonna be Chris Paul's age thirty seven season. I think that's right. Wow. 36, 37. Like, yep. I think there's a chance he misses some games. He takes a little bit of a step back. He doesn't make it. You do have Dame coming back in the West, but I think at that guard position, Shea's got a really interesting opportunity to make his first All Star appearance. I'm on record. I think he will be an All Star this next season.
4: I think so too. But I, I do wonder if he doesn't, or not wonder, maybe more so the narrative, but like if he doesn't. You know the articles are going to come out immediately. Like Shay Gildas Alexander deserved to be an all-star, but he could
1: it with this okay. They won't, team.
3: they won't let my man be great. <laughs> <laughs> Trade Shay free Shea. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, uh Chris Berman from New York Post already tells us Shay. Right.
4: Uh, yeah. What next target for New York Knicks.
1: What is it? Did he misspell the name Shay? He yeah. put the hyphen in the wrong place. Yep. All cut.
3: Where, where the hell else would you put the hyphen?
1: He put it between Shay and Gilgis, and what not Gilgis the and Alexander? Hell, <laughs> he, like, this man thought his name uh, is Shay Gilgis, and his
3: last name on the back is Alexander. He, he yeah, fans, he's probably listening
4: to Michael Cage. I mean, I, understandable. <laughs> holy
3: crap! You
1: know, we have this, this thing called Google now yeah. that could have like
4: how do you spell it? Holy, cannoli. It's like holy a, cannoli!
1: Holy cannoli!
4: <laughs>
1: he was talking no, about something else. Actually. It. I, Hey, guess
4: what? I was muted. Here it is.
2: Holy cannoli. Oh, there,
1: there we, we go. go. There we will go. Will you play? Will you play the chocolate sounder just for the hell of it?
4: Never enough chocolate, and I can't wait to see more.
1: <laughs> just a really good sounder, <laughs> Justin. You started to touch on this just a second ago. Want to circle back to to this conversation? Uh, Utah is at a different point in a rebuild now. Yes, uh, they are where the Thunder were two seasons ago. Literally, like getting it down to the studs. Utah is still in that process. They have a ton of picks, though, like picks to rival OKC's treasure trove. And the thing with Utah is, majority of those picks are unprotected, whereas OKC does have protected picks. Utah has unprotected Cleveland picks, which I kind of question the value of. Those picks start to convey whenever Evan Mobley is entering his the second year or his second contract after his rookie scale deal. I think we all here believe Evan Mobley is going to be really good but they also have a ton of unprotected Minnesota Timberwolves picks. If history tells us anything, it's that those are going to be pretty decent, right? (laughs) Yep. So even though they're at this different spot in their rebuild, and they're arguably a couple of years behind Oklahoma City, we now have more teams that have that, I can overwhelm you with picks to go get what I want type of trade package. So even though we talked just a second ago, the positive of this, which is maybe Shea has a better chance at the All-Star game this year. How much of a negative is this as far as the the tanking competitive advantage for Oklahoma City, considering they are now not the only team that has a treasure trove of assets?
2: Yep. Price went up 100%. The, the more teams that have this kind of currency, as Sam Presti refers to draft picks, the more the, the Thunder are going to have to... Put together bigger packages to, you know, I
1: like like bigger packages. We
2: know. Um, But I'm going to have mercy. I'm about to bust. (laughs) The more the Thunder are going to have to overpay. Like it's not as simple as a, well, nobody can match my bid. So I'm just going to, you know, throw all these picks out there and, and like you said, overwhelm you. Now you're going to get into a bidding war and it becomes more strategic at that point. And I think what'll be interesting to see is you know when those opportunities arise what's going to be a lot more important is not just how many picks but what picks you have you mentioned like the timberwolves picks being worth more than the Cavs picks we're going to be doing a lot more watching of the teams who uh okc's who i can't even word it right the teams that okc owns their picks we're going to be watching them a lot more closely and kind of eyeballing like what those values are going to be. And I think that's what teams are going to be interested in. It's not just, can you give me seven picks? It's, can you give me seven picks that are actually going to be valuable, that are actually going to help me get a championship team, help me get top prospects. And I think that kind of changes the game a little bit. I don't think it makes OKC's picks any less valuable. I think it just kind of changes the nature of the types of offer that offers that Presty's going to have to put together. I, I think, think
3: that's what a- you just brought up, Justin, is really important. And I think it's going to point to a much larger idea of it becoming a league problem um, as far as or, or viewed as a league problem where they're suddenly you'll have your kings that try to win every year, but fail at doing it, doing so. Um, but there's going to be a large gap at the top. That could be a larger gap at the bottom for guys trying to get those picks Um, And I think there could be some maybe like threats of like relegation or like just random NBA rule changes uh, in order to avoid that because it's suddenly, like you're you're saying, like everybody's trying to go for picks. Everybody's trying to go for the highest amount of availability to get the number one overall pick at the draft. And it's not just like OKC is doing it because they're a small market. There There have been several teams that are much larger markets that have tanked for years just to get even, even in the top three. And so I think it, um, as it continues to happen with more and more teams, uh, especially OKC okay, with a Chet injury now, you probably wait another year. Uh, things
4: are going to be more interesting as far as that down the road. That's a great point, Kamiar. And I, I wonder as well, Like as much as I agree with that, it makes me equally curious about the flip side. These teams giving up all these picks, how are they able to rebound? The Lakers, who traded all those picks for Anthony Davis, they'll be fine because they're the Lakers. But the Brooklyn Nets, like, let's say the Kyrie Katie thing blows up. Prior to that, even though what they would ever make you think
1: that that was going to blow yeah. up, Taylor, yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> maybe uh, you know, uh, levitating Kyrie Irving um, oh, across ooh. the bridge, across the bridge, oh. wow. <laughs> but it makes like you know Never that's bad. that technically is still a big market team, but they weren't really a free agent destination prior to the Kevin Durant. Kyrie coming to you know so Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see these teams even the Cleveland Cavaliers like uh, six seven eight years from now how that all works out these teams are giving up all these picks Um, you know it it will be very interesting but I think you, you also brought up a good point Justin when you talk about the quality of picks and that reminds me Jacob you you put together our we did this I can't remember when this was it wasn't too long ago when we basically drafted each of the Thunders draft picks and, and rank them like in tiers, most valuable, least valuable. Um, like it, very, love it, hate it. Like I love it, hate it. It'd be very interesting doing that now with these other teams that have acquired all these different picks that yep. like Kami mentioned.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, we are getting to the point where there's like a, a massive imbalance of draft capital in the league. And it's going to be interesting to see how, at what point to do the scales tip, you know? And yeah, I, I think it's, it's really fascinating. So, Last question I have for you guys. Thunder centric, but but in the same vein of this Donovan Mitchell trade. I think this is going to be pretty fun. I don't know how you guys feel. I think OKC is one, maybe two seasons away from making their Donovan Mitchell trade. I know a lot of people have been talking about this. Like the Cavs were in the lottery for like three years. They got Darius Garland, they got Evan Mobley. Um, they made their trade for Jared Allen and then now they've pushed the chips into the middle of the table. They've made the move. They've gone and got their guy. And this is their core. I think we're approaching one to two seasons away from the Thunder doing that either next summer, uh, or the following summer, pushing all those chips in and going and getting a guy to kind of put the cherry on top of the Sunday and, and get this team going. So I want us to roundtable this, and each person choose one player who could be that guy for Oklahoma City, that target, that trade guy. Maybe it's a guy that is currently on a rookie-scale deal, but in a year or two won't be. Uh, Maybe it's a guy who's already on his second-year deal and is going to be 24, 25, 26, 27-ish in a year or two that the Thunder could go get. The trick is... None of us can repeat a trade candidate. We have to throw out six trade candidates on this show. Who wants Ooh, to go first? I'll go first. Oh, I've got Nick, two. So out I'm, I'm going to
3: take two off the board and make it even harder for you guys. You son <laughs> of a they're, they're on the same team, and so like the the reason I'm doing it this way is because I think it's going to be one of the two: um, Anyeka Kongwu or DeAndre Hunter. At some point, one of those two, whether it's team won't pay them what they want or the playing time is not there or whatever it might be i think one of those two guys will be i know they're not like donovan mitchell-esque players today but i think they both have the ability to be highly impactful guys that are you know 10-year starters for the thunder um to so go with those two
2: feels like cheating to do two because you just <laughs> took two people off the board you weren't gonna go with either of those two. You're, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Who I was gonna go with, however, is Brandon Ingram. Oh, interesting. I think. Uh, that's interesting. I've I've that's one. long fantasized about Brandon Ingram on the Thunder. On oh, the Thunder. Lord, have our
4: sound about to bust. <laughs> that's
2: a sound bite. Um, <laughs> have you seen his eyes? Anyway, um, I think that. Hey, you see his beard in those new
1: pictures of him? Yeah. Dude, oh, it's fantastic. Dude. Oh, yeah, he like, looks yeah, like a homeless away. man <laughs> and everyone's like all-star season for Brandon Ingram. I'm like, cuz he grew a damn beard? Like what where's the logic at here? Oh, I'm sorry, thanks. Justin. Continue. Brandon <laughs> Ingram,
2: um not only do I I mean, I love his game. I just think about his situation on New Orleans. I just have my doubts that new Orleans is going to figure it out as long as they have a Zion sized anchor, um, attached to them. And I think that it's going to just kind of make it a undesirable situation that I could see in a few years down the road. He's like, all right, you know, I'm out. I want to go somewhere where I can contribute. I can have a shot at a a championship. I need a new situation. Come to Oklahoma city, baby.
3: (laughs) I would like to go next after any discussion.
1: I just think Brandon Ingram and Ingram and Chet is the new thin towers now.
3: Yes. Now. Nah. Makes sense. <laughs> is it is it is it my turn now? Do I get to go? Yes, yes sir. All right, oh, go. Well, I could have I could have gone for two as well, um, oh. but I chose one instead. You guys know um how obsessed <laughs> I am with this player. Uh I know he's a little bit older, uh, but I think that'll be just fine with the way he plays the game. Jalen Brown, yeah. uh, push all those chips in and maybe a couple players that I'm two, three players that I'm definitely willing to sacrifice to get Jalen Brown on this team mm-hmm. and a dude that could give you an easy 25 a night in OKC, especially with Josh and Shea on the same squad. Um, I think it'd be pretty special or you might have to even give up Josh and have Shea and Somebody else in Chet, uh, even then, he's still putting up big numbers for you. He can be a secondary ball handler. He can do a lot. He can shoot the three ball well. And he's also got the basketball IQ to do, to do it. So, I would definitely push in all my chips for Jalen Brown.
1: A hey guy that's that's been quote-unquote shopped in mm-hmm. the past. You know, what if, I don't know, what if Boston has a, a bigger fish they're going to go for, like the Kevin Durant trade again, and... They don't have the draft capital, and OKC says every Clippers pick, every Houston pick, Trey <laughs> Mann and J Dub. Here you go, give us Jalen Brown, and you have a a roster of Shea, Josh, Jalen. What if they Ch- ask?
3: What is the, What if they ask for Lou and and Josh? Would you do it? And, Lou and, and all Josh picks. Yeah. Uh, that's a I, yes, I, right? I hate, I I hate that Josh
1: so. is
4: in that, but like I still, yeah.
3: Jalen Brown I,
1: I freaking love that kid, dude.
4: Me too.
3: But you still do that, right? I yeah, think you so. You still do it. You're okay. right. Think, You're right. I think so.
1: And the good thing is, this Josh. trade happens in a year or two. And in a year or two, you have a much more clear picture of what Josh is. Mm-hmm. Right?
4: And Trey Mann and some of these other young guys yeah. who maybe are equally valuable, but don't fit as well. Yeah. no, that's, yep. But still, I love Jalen Brown. I didn't put him. Or not. I just didn't consider him here because I knew one of you all would bring him up. Um, but like just one that stood out, out to me that's maybe less sexy, but if he can get healthy and have a good season this year, I think is an interesting candidate. It's Michael Porter Jr. Um, obviously, the back injury really, really concerns me. Like I'm not even sure he's going to completely, uh, no pun intended, rebound from it. <laughs> But that is one that kind of stood out. My first thought when doing this exercise was to go to the top 25 under 25 at the athletic, or I think ESPN puts one together too. So I think those are our most likely candidates. Like you said, Jacob, a guy is on rookie level contracts right now. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. I'm glad you put that on the screen, Silva. But the big, speaking of sexy, the uh, the big flashy one here, that is super unlikely, but you just never know with, I don't have a lot of. Faith are you about in to take a second franchise? name off the board? Yes, I am, but it's it's a big one. I don't think it you have with these going guys aside? over here picking. Luka Doncic, okay. Oh my I my god, Luka okay. is the one. Okay, who throw everything guy. out there on the table because I just don't have confidence that Dallas will build a team around them.
1: You mean Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't do it for you right now? <laughs> I don't know. They got <laughs> Christian Wood, so
4: so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sexy.
1: Silva, who's your guy? Some oh, pumpkin pie. Oh my god. Too <laughs> much. <laughs> oh man. Some wow. deep cuts on the show tonight, folks. I have <laughs> that
5: happens with the full squads together. Well, this may be surprised you all, but I have two. Come on. <laughs> if you want, I can just say can one. no
2: one follow rules? What, yeah. One of me and Kamiar? we are okay. rule. Apparently versus... I'm a
5: good citizen. The second one is just going you know, to be a, a throw-in. You know, it's a slightly older player at this point. Number one, 20 years old at this point. Yes. Like, in two years, he'll be 22 years old.
4: <laughs> Matt, quick math, Quick math.
5: Weed. Very <laughs> important. Thanks, for Earlier on this podcast, that this team's picks in 2028 or whenever are going to be really valuable. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm talking about Anthony Edwards. Ooh. A star among stars. Hey, if if things
1: fizzle out in Minnesota, yep, and they traded all those picks, and they're like, dude, we got to get, we got to refill the cupboard.
5: Yeah,
2: just
1: unload everything.
5: Unload everything. Yep, whatever it takes. Now, my second one just, just Nick throw it just
1: in. smiled and moved up close to the microphone. He's he's I'm excited scared. right now.
2: Speaking of Christian, I'm scared that
5: is,
3: <laughs> that is like. Outside of Luca, that's like the one guy. If if you said Sam Presti can wave his wand and get anybody in the league, like Anthony Edwards, it's nuts.
5: He's only twenty and he's, he's not. An, he is. An, a nuts. He's an alpha. Yeah. Can
1: yeah. you imagine him and him and Chet on the same team? The amount oh of trash talk would be insane. <laughs> can yeah. you
3: imagine Chet on a team playing? <laughs> uh, oh. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, can we remove? I do from... around anymore.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Here's your second guy, Silva. It is. Mikhail Bridges after Phoenix uh, oh, comes crashing down. In the- I like that years. one
3: too. We, we already got Mikhail Bridges at home. Ah,
5: J Dub,
1: <laughs> why not have both? Porque <laughs> <laughs> no los dos. Yep. Uh, all right, I got to put put a name out there. And now I thought I was going to have a, a large pool of players, but you sons <laughs> of bitches took everybody.
3: Hey, hey, no, me and Justin stayed to the rules. We I appreciate you counts.
1: too. Extra points. Um. <laughs> I was thinking about this one on Friday night. Silva and I went out and ate some hideaway pizza on Friday night. Uh, we chatted kind of about this idea. Mine's kind of like Nick. It's a pool of players. Maybe not a pool of players. Maybe it's just more two guys. I thought this was the Jordan Poole oh, segue. Okay. It could be the Jordan pool <laughs> segue because my team that I think the Thunder could strike a trade with is the Golden State Warriors. Ooh. My eyes were originally on Moses Moody. Um, obviously, like not a star, but I think he could develop, and he could be one of these. You get him in a different system, in a different setting, uh, in a different role. He could really pop. I also considered the cum bucket, Jonathan Kaminga.
5: <laughs> All right, Mark podcast. I, there.
1: <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh, Holy was cannoli. Dude. Oh, Jonathan Kaminga uh, was another one. Founder
5: went off at the same time.
1: <laughs> I don't think he fits the Presty mold uh, of, of this new era Thunder. But here is where I'm at with, with the Warriors. Um, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm not throwing, uh, throwing your guy James Wiseman in here. He, he could be a possibility. Dang it. Next summer. Okay, the summer of 2023. The Golden State Warriors are already on the hook for $160 million. That is without having Andrew Wiggins signed to a contract, without having Jordan Poole signed to a contract, with Draymond Green with a player option who has said he wants to get a very large uh, extension on his contract. If they re-sign Jordan Poole, they re-sign Andrew Wiggins, both to like market value contracts, And even if they keep Draymond at the 27.6 he's currently owed and then fill out the rest of their roster, they're going to owe like $240 million before the luxury tax. And they are currently a repeater team. That luxury tax bill could be pushing like almost $600 million. That's insane. And then they're going to have to re-up with James Wiseman. They're going to have to re-up with um, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. They're going to have to re-up with Moses Moody. Maybe this is a scenario where the funder can come in and say, hey, instead of having to pay Moses Moody next summer, let us give you some younger guys and some picks. That way you can just kick that can on that extension down the road a couple more years. Um, you know, in the years whenever you don't have Steph anymore, who's eight aging and Steph is going to make 500 or not 500 50 million 500 a lot 50 million (laughs) dollars next season 50 million like that's insane I really like Moses Moody's game I think the his style of play he's a good defender he can shoot the piss out of the ball I think he could be a great complimentary like a star in his role type player for Oklahoma City you know I, I think he's a guy that could you put him in the right situation and you put him next to Josh and Shea. he could come in here and shoot 41% from three on like five or six attempts a game. He could be, uh, your three and D type of wing, this play finisher that you need around all these other types of guys. He could play the three for you. Uh, Golden State is an interesting one to me. Uh, Moses Moody would be the guy at the top of my list there. Kaminga, obviously a very exciting player, super inefficient. He ne- honestly needs to learn how to play basketball. Um, that's the,
3: that's the, maybe the kind of guy that would fit perfect with a bunch of high IQ guys is that last
1: piece. That is true. That is true. So I just, I think that is uh, an interesting thing to monitor is what is Golden State going to do? Because between last year, next year, and the following year, they're going to pay like $1.5 for that team, depending on how the CBA changes. Yep. yep. I know got, they're printing got... money at the Chase Center, but that's, that's crazy <laughs> money.
3: I've got one more. I'll Make you guys guess who it is with clues. <laughs> clues <laughs> is it Blues Clues? It's blues clues. Clues, clues. What's One. Clue right. So clue number one, <laughs> he's an all-star. Clue number two, he is a free agent. Summer of twenty twenty-four. So that means if if negotiations aren't working out, you could you could get him um, next season before he becomes a free agent and then extend him.
1: I feel like I'm playing Purtle kind of the live (laughs) version with nick
3: yeah um eastern or western conference uh... he is in the western conference (laughs) on a team that cannot be trusted and the final clue that's going to give it away it would be a return to oklahoma city paul george nope
1: oh be a return to oklahoma city Russell uh, Westbrook? No. Is Dem- <laughs> Demona Sabonis? It is. Ah,
3: that's uh, an interesting one. Good Pow, one pow, pow, then. pow, pow, pow. Look <laughs> at that. Super calm energy coming at you.
1: The Kings messing something up. I never foresee it.
3: I thought about his return to OKC and how actually really good that actually might pay off, especially with Chet now. He, he'd be the perfect fit next to fit. Chet, like because he can he can guard he can guard the guys that. Chet might struggle mm-hmm. with from a physicality standpoint. He can space the floor. He, from what I remember, when he got traded away, he still had good things to say about Oklahoma City. Um, I mean, twenty if if next season twenty twenty three twenty four things ain't working in
1: Sacramento, might do it. Yeah. One other name brought up in the chat here by Vaden Lamelo Ball.
3: who that's a Charlotte's going nowhere fast. True. Oh, so, True. yeah. Well, yeah. Especially yeah, no Miles Bridges yeah, anymore. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That, that was a good gosh. NBL player. How how high would that price tag be, though? Crazy. That would I I, I kind of question
1: the fit with him yeah. and Shea and Josh all on the same team as well. we would you probably
2: compare? have to include one of those back right, to Charlotte for sure? Where refers. do you compare
5: his price tag to Shea? Like if you are saying Shea is at the bottom of this theoretical scale and Donovan Mitchell's at the top, where do you have? LaMelo.
3: That's interesting because LaMelo just came on the scene and started lighting things on fire, right, in the Eastern Conference. Um, Can't defend a soul. Yeah. Very flashy. Yeah. I mean, with LaMelo, you see a ton and and ton and ton of more upside. I feel like at the end of their careers, I think LaMelo might end up being a better overall like superstar player, right? I think it's more notoriety. Um, But I... Right now, gosh, I think just because he, how old has been Lomelo right now? He's like twenty two, twenty three. Mm. No, I
5: think he's like no
3: 20, 21 he's no. young. No, no, he's younger. He's twenty two.
1: He's twenty one.
3: Okay, oh, he, he just uh, turned
1: twenty one. Wow, yeah, okay. he's young,
3: and he's already doing the stuff that he is in the league. I, you can just his price tag right now seems like something that you won't. Ew, that's tough. I almost feel like it's
4: equal. I feel like you feel could like get the same are, return for him as you could get for Shay right now. Me too. But you also have to think about GMs and like, yeah, I don't trust Charlotte. <laughs> like if Lamello came to the, uh, the, the front office in Charlotte and requested a trade um, and one, uh, we're all Marvel fans. Let's think about a multiverse here, right? You got the multiverse <laughs> where uh, Lamello requested <laughs> trade with Charlotte and then a different multiverse where Shay requested <laughs> trade with the thunder um, I think Presty's getting a higher return for Shea just
1: because Shay. of the negotiations. Correct. Yeah, that's interesting.
5: Fair. Is there a multiverse where we won the title in 2016? Oh. <laughs> of
4: course, there is.
1: Doctor Strange oh. has seen them all. Oh. It's out there somewhere. Yeah. Oh. Silva, so, well, let's tell the people about the sponsors for the podcast for the week. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from The Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C O T T O N B U R. E-A-U.com and search the uncontested podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal combat Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I forgot another name. This guy.
2: Jeez. I got to one more
1: out. Telling Are we going to play the Nick game where I have to yeah. give you
4: hints? Yes. No, you do be- to give me a hint. I think I know it. Oh, Tyrese Alliburn.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. But no, No. he's not the guy. (laughs) Dang it. I'll give you hints. Um, Not an all-star yet. Eastern Conference. I don't want to give a hint that'll give like a very, very big hint. Um, This probably gives it away. Recently signed an extension. RJ? R.J. Barrett. Ew.
4: It, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> was, <it laughs> was, that, was that an, <laughs> an ew or an No, it, it was an ew. No, kind of came out like an ew. I think so that ew, was an like It was an ew. ew. It was an ew. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate R.J. I don't love R.J. I think he's worth every damn penny of that contract he just signed. He's, he seems like a very polarizing
1: guy. <laughs>
3: yeah, he is a polarizing guy. Why, yeah. why don't you like... If, if you're a hater of RJ or you don't like him That's as a current player, 22 tell me why like I, I don't I don't get it why don't you like why why
4: is he an eu Taylor <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he can he can score he can defend when engaged but does he impact the game at a high level like I don't know and can he score consistently we haven't seen that quite yet I think I'm just' Silva kind of torn on plan. RJ
5: do we think, and this may not matter, how much is he making per year now? Do we know? When we know. I think it I mean I, don't know. I still like him at that contract. That <laughs> Let me signed. just ask. Do we think he's going to be an all-star at any point? And if and does that matter? I kind of think he might be.
1: I think he does. Taylor he, said, hmm. I don't really like him, but he could I be an all-star. Be. And he can <laughs> score. And yeah, he can, can defend. He can score. He can defend. He's six seven. He can play point guard. But I mean, can't I don't pass. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd swap. I'd swap Canadians. I'd give them Lou oh, for sure. Some oh, yeah, picks. Uh, I mean, I give. Lou. Yeah, I'm just thinking you'd have to I, I, give
4: like Giddy. I'm not, I'm not giving up Giddy Shet
1: Giddy Cheddar Shea. No, and no. that's what's gonna take to you know what I mean. But after I that, know. I think it's it's kind of interesting. You know,
3: I think I think New York really showed their cards. They're willing to give him and two unprotected picks and this and this for Donovan. Okay, like so they, that is they, okay, and they well, wouldn't and give him. They they that may not be the
4: And and actually, I. The more i think about it it kind of
3: have we sold rolling, you on rj to the thunder <laughs> no,
4: not necessarily but like we read the article uh, of what's his face who doesn't know what he's talking about uh, s-h-a-e hyphen gilgis space alexander but regardless if the knicks really do have their eyes set on shea once rj would be trade eligible whenever uh, that you know what is it? The, he can't be traded or or like added to a trade. He's got that
1: poison pill provision. Of, yeah, poison pill. That's right. Um, some people got that dog in them. Some, some people got that poison. poison pill in them. <laughs> it what? will
4: happen. What?
1: <laughs> um, if Shea for, does for, for run what? out,
4: like RJ Shay RJ, and all those picks for Shea, Um it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you would take the Knicks hypothetical? I wouldn't offer take it for Shay. No, I think there's better trades out there. I'm on record two podcasts ago saying that I think Shea's trade value would be higher than Mitchell's and maybe even close to Kevin Durant's. uh,
1: For what it's worth on the Woj pod, he kind of mentioned, I think it was Woj, maybe it was Zach Lowe, mentioned that if that trade with the Knicks and the Jazz happened and RJ went to Utah, that Utah would probably look to flip RJ later on down the line for a picks package. Hmm. I would do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, if I it think... just took if it just took pics, I would fair. do it. Very interesting. All right, we sent out the bat signal for mailbag questions all over social media. You guys showed out. We Did you get really any fun. in the
3: actual mail?
1: Uh, no, not, the snail mail. Doesn't no letters exist anymore. <laughs> well, hey, that's
4: not true. You've been using it for um for stickers.
3: Every oh, yeah. day I get an email. Every day I hope it's from a female. Oh, it's not from a female. You guys know what that's from. I do not. No.
1: <laughs> HomestarRunner.com, <laughs> no, baby. Strong bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Silva, read us some mail back hues.
5: Question number one from at Huslig Ryan. If the Hawks pairing of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray fails and Trey Young were to ask out, would you trade SGA to get him? Yes i'm emotionally torn i say no it's a big old it's a big old no for me as well what a guy that can
3: give you 30 and 10 any night
5: i know that i just think i also think he's like a bottom five defender in the NBA. what is is
3: shea as a defender though i think think we we always like to talk about
5: these guys that can't play defense but
3: Shea Shea goes if we want to if we want to look at dude just look at the warriors right like Let's reverse. Let's let's put like young Steph in place of Trey, and you're like, nah, nah, I'm good. And the next thing you know, you fast forward however many years. As long as you have a defensive core and another guy that can knock down shots, I mean, with that the skill set Trey has, I think you would, and I think you probably should. Obviously, Trey Steph is one several finals MVPs, obviously several finals in which he is the core guy. He's the driving factor in this year. In fact, he was the actual driving factor for this team um, and stills winning titles at that age, because we have to remember he spent all four years in college. He's older. And a lot of guys think he is. That's
2: true.
1: Well, if Shay told me he wants out. If if, she, if she said, trade me, I'd pull the trigger.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a different situation. That's different. Right. I, can't get past what I saw at Oklahoma and I worry about locker room chemistry, fit, culture, coaching, all those things that Presty has baked into the Thunder. I don't know that Trey fits. Interesting. You're That's my Trey, hesitation. Okay, let's be honest Trey, here. You okay, think
4: Trey's too much of a diva to be on this team?
2: That is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That is Just fair. say it.
4: Just say it. Now there is a world where he wants to come back home or whatever, and like maybe he's a candidate for what we talked about here um, in the in the previous segment uh, of targets for OKC.
1: Yeah, why trade Shea when you can, when can trade you can just trade something else? <laughs> pair them together. All right, so <laughs> let's hit the next question.
5: Then question number two from at brother Reed eleven: What are the chances that Chet yeah, rent, that, oh, yeah. that Chet <laughs> wins Rookie of the Year next season when he plays? I've said this
3: several times in the slack, because like, he's just going to get a lot of pull work in. This man's actually going to get a little bit of lifting in. He's going to fill out his body, see the game at an NBA pace from the sidelines, um, end up in the box, I imagine, for a while, and um, going to come back and win Rookie of the Year. I know people are like, oh, what about Wemby? Yeah, I'm very aware of that. But Chet, year two, with one year of strength conditioning after the List Frank injury, Um, and also just seeing the pace of play is going to do him so much good just for being there. Um, so yeah, I'm on board with that
2: 100%. I think it's, it's interesting. I I looked back at a few examples of guys that missed their first season and then one rookie of the year. I mean, I think we're all familiar with Ben Simmons We're familiar with Blake Griffin. I didn't remember David Robinson being one of those people um who missed his first year and then and then went on to win rookie of the year in his second season. I think it I think everything Kami are saying is valid. Um I'm gonna lean towards no though, only because I think that I still have too many unknowns about like yes Chet's gonna put a lot of work in, but like is it going to take some time to get back to game shape coming off this injury, even with the amount of work that he's going to put in? Like I could see it taking half a season before he's kind of back doing Chet like things that we expect him to do. I want you to say, I
1: think he does all that during the summer. Yeah. I think whenever we go to Vegas next summer, he's playing summer league again.
2: I think it's got to be in, in NBA competition though. Like, I think that's fair. He can work on it, and I think he will work on it, and I think he'll make progress, but actually playing in, in the NBA is a different different, different game. I just think the
4: 2023 draft is so strong that there's just way more competition. Um, I think Chet's going to be in the conversation. I really do. That's how high I am. I am on Chet, but um, that 2023 draft are some, some solid players.
1: I'll say Chet's top three. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to rookie of the year, though. Silva, so, yeah, think- what's the next one?
4: Question
5: number three from the highest flyer: who has more pressure to perform this season, Poku or Basley who makes the team better in the long run. If they both reach their ceilings, it's a really good
3: question. Is that Mitch McGeary's burner?
5: <laughs> could be. <laughs> Nick, why don't you
3: flyer? lead us off
1: on this one? <laughs>
3: uh, I think Poku has a uh, higher ceiling. So if they both reach their hypothetical ceilings, Poku is the better player. Um, I think more pressure to perform probably basically just given he is in a contract year. Um, and then the question on who fits the team better. Who? Oh, I think Poku, if he can become the role player, we talked about this on a few podcasts ago, like at this point, he's not a t- all-star type player. We thought he might have the potential upside for it being a seven foot guard when Thunder drafted him. But I think he could be a really, really highly impactful three and D guy. If he can knock down threes and be disruptive defensively, like he is exactly what the Thunder need it's like their eighth or ninth man when they're contending.
1: Oh, that's the right answer. I think Poku has the higher ceiling. I think this is a bigger year for Darius Baisley, though. Baisley's at the end of the runway. Right? The plane yep. either takes off or it crashes and burns and everybody dies. I just think about
3: the second half of the season and try to imagine it and try to imagine what Sam Presti would, Sam Presti would prioritize again. I either more upside again with, with Poku um, or a guy like, like Baisley, who just completely leans 100% into a role like, like Rodman did. Rodman did nothing, but I'm not comparing Rodman to Baisley. don't say that I'm, it's not stupid but like Robin lean completely into, I'm going to play hard defense. I'm going to rebound the hell out of the ball and it helps win championships. I know it's the modern NBA. So like shooting three is paramount. Uh, but if he's able to do any sort of pick and roll, uh, Bays could be a guy too. So uh, that, that, that last one is a little bit tough for me on that. I could see either way.
1: Justin Taylor, any life-changing thoughts on this one?
2: I agree. I, I think what's what's hard to nail down is like what even is Poku's ceiling? I think I still have a wide amount of variance on that. And, you know, if he reaches this hypothetical ceiling that I think is there just based off like his rough skill set and his frame, like he he's going to be a great player. I just don't know if that's even like realistic at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. The ceiling has definitely come down. Like the realistic ce- ceiling has definitely come down. Yep. Silva, hit us with the next one.
5: All right. Someone typed in a question that is apparently from me. It just says, are those people ziplining outside?
3: <laughs> You're never going to live that one down. Never, never. Nothing I did. Hey, I will not live that. There, there are people ziplining in Vegas. It's just on Fremont Street. You, So you were right.
5: It's not at the airport. not at the airport. <laughs> you know, at the airport. <laughs> not at the airport. <laughs> okay, next question. From Comprehensive Lab 232. If the Thunder decide to part ways with Mark Dignalt, who's the next coach you would want the Thunder to take and why?
1: Ooh. I think if they're parting ways with Daggs, it is because it's kind of the Scott Brooks effect, mm-hmm. right? You took us to a certain point and you've met your ceiling, uh, but this team needs to go to a different level and we need a different style of person in here to do that. Um, Mike Dantoni. Oh God, no! I'll probably be dead by that time. <laughs> <Jeez>. Next season, <laughs> I think Quinn Snyder is an interesting one. No, Snyder no, is no, an no, interesting no,
2: one. No, anyone Snyder
1: from looks the like first tree, tree is an interesting one. Snyder, well, Hardy's looks like been a guy on my wish list
4: since Mark, I, I love Hardy. I Think that was a great hire by the Jazz. Um, but like Presty loves those like college coaches bringing them in. You're gonna bring in Kevin Ollie. Yeah,
3: I
5: know Kevin. Dude. dude I think it'd
1: be a younger person. Um, I do. I know Quinn's not young. Um, I don't
2: know. I don't know. I I don't know if it would be a
1: younger person. Hear me
2: out. I could see like that transition being like somebody that's established, respected. Take him to the promised land. You uh, tell
1: me Coach K's at Charleston's?
2: Not you... saying Coach K. Uh Jay Wright. The yard bird. Jay Wright, yeah. Ooh, Jay that, Wright. That's a
3: good one. He just and he just retired from Nova. He might come out. Would you consider a Van Gundy? Which one? The fat one. <laughs> the answer's no. <laughs> no. The answer is no. Either way. Uh, I was gonna what, say what I how you said I like how you said the fat one. <laughs>
2: the fat one. <laughs> he is he is the fat one. What about Carlisle? Yeah. Uh, eh.
3: He hates. We've young talked players. about him. We've talked about him on this podcast yeah. a few times. He does not. Say, he does not fit on the Pacers.
2: I was going to say Monty Williams. Oh, dude, I'll keep oh, dreaming. Yeah, no. but like it, again, put this in. I don't know. Four years in the multiverse. No, not in. Not in <laughs> <laughs> there's a white boy in the <laughs> second <one. laughs> That was awesome. But like, really, like put this in in four years. Yeah. Let's say. I like, I wonder Prince if there's Paul too is,
1: much like.
2: That I totally get, like geographical side, trauma. Yeah, yeah, I'm I wonder that too. Which totally sucks. get that and but totally like, understandable. In four years, the suns may be kind of um, a dying star, if you will, and it might be time for Monty to move on to another um, weather rising the star.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One more, Becky Hammond
2: Isn't she in the finals right now? I'd be more okay with Becky when we are hiring digs than I think I would for the next step. I I still, I kind of feel like you want somebody that's like, you know, has, has proven it. You you know, he's in the finals Donovan. right
1: now, Justin.
2: You don't want another Billy Donovan. That's what I'm getting at. Like You
3: know that none of these names were thrown out there would actually be the real hire. It'd be an yeah, assistant totally. on some hey, staff
1: somewhere. It, it's yep. whoever totally. call me our because he's the one that guessed Mark Dagnall last time.
2: Mm. Pressure's on. <laughs> he's really super wow. call me yeah. our brain. Hit twice. Same podcast.
3: <laughs> Same podcast.
2: All right, Silva. <laughs>
5: Uh let's see, let's see. Key a uh, question number whichever question this is. Key initiative eighty Yeah, key initiative eighty one twenty. If you could pair <laughs> any player in the league with Chet in the front court, who would it be? Not sure how realistic it could be, but I think a BAM Chet front court would be unreal. That's a great one. I think I've got fun. the easy
1: answer here. Seven Mobley. Oh,
5: yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. Jokic. Or Jokic. Fun. <laughs> Anthony Davis, Embed. if he's actually healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Same and for
5: Embiid, yeah. <laughs> I think I said Onyeka Okongwu a couple weeks ago. I still kind of think that'd be cool.
1: Can I make another like Christian a- Wood reference on this podcast? That's a joke. <laughs> I don't want that guy on this team. Um,
4: <laughs> Mobley's fun.
1: Mobley's a good one. Um, the Bam one is really fascinating, too. Yep.
4: I love Bam. Mm-hmm.
2: And Bam he can't have, he yeah. keep
4: their players. Can't have Bam and Shea. Yeah, let's see. Ben Simmons effect. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Brooklyn Nets Miami Heat trade. Why do I feel like I've never heard about that until this year?
5: <laughs> never really. <applicable. laughs> I remember. I think it's going
1: to get changed. I think it's because
3: um, there's true. so much there's so much player movement with young guys now that it normally. Yeah.
1: Any other ones work. that really jump point. off the page? Sabonis. Yeah. Nick is riding that train. Yeah. I love it. I can't think of any others. Cat.
5: I don't know if we.
3: Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Meow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You just meow fat. <laughs> See, yes. Meow, what are you talking
5: about? Last one?
1: Yes, we're waiting <laughs> on
5: you, buddy. Okay. Wait, hold
4: on. We have one more uh, basketball related before we well, end with that one. Jacob said next question on the other seven that we did. And then... Fair. Fair <laughs> enough. I just I saw this one in the chat. I want to bring it up because I think yes. the, the one that we have in the dogs are going to end on.
5: hmm Oh, you better read it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: I did kind of leave you hanging there. No, it's I, fine. I, I just got left hanging <laughs> twice in a row. Anyway. Just from- like
1: those guys that were ziplining. They're just out yeah. there hanging.
5: Question from Brian Sino. Sinot. Please correct me in the comments. Question. Given his age, is it smarter for Giddy to prioritize?
1: <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> just going off the rails. To, to give it to for G- Junior.
5: All right. From Brian, given his age, is it smarter for Giddy to, pri- to prioritize bulking first rather than the three ball, as he may have to make more adjustments to the stroke if he bulks later? How much more bulk do you good want Josh Giddy to have? That dude is already beefy. Yeah, I'm,
3: I'm he's good. Already with right like, where I think is. they're going to
1: weigh in this year around like 220 ish. Yeah, he's, he's
3: already he's ideal size. It, I, and either way, even if he was 200 pounds. There ain't nothing ahead of fixing that three-point shot on his yeah. list of things that develop.
4: Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. And those mechanics are going to carry over, regardless. Regardless. He's if not going right. to get that adjusted.
1: He's not yeah. going to pull a Mike freaking Bibby. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Steroids. steroids <laughs> Mike, Mike Bibby is juicing more than anybody, probably, on planet Earth.
3: Yeah, <laughs> even more than Jamba Juice. That's why they went out of business, because Mike Bibby <laughs> took all their
5: fucking stuff. You
3: know <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right so the last one all right
5: last question from a.a smoot aaron yeah how did you guys meet and how did the podcast come to be
1: oh this is a fun
3: one fun story (laughs) it's a good question
1: so come and i have been best friends since a long time ago it's been Um, a decade
3: it's about about a decade yeah About about a decade
1: i've known silva since he was just a wee lad (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah i know. known still, since he still was like six lead years lead. old i've yeah, known Sybil since he was in high school
1: um i wanted to start a thunder podcast kamiar told me do it so i was like <laughs> all right let's let's start a podcast <laughs> Uh i had interacted with taylor on twitter in the past um we had talked basketball and game of thrones so i sent out feelers to taylor i was like hey taylor you uh would you be interested in starting a podcast? And Taylor was like, Yeah, dude, that sounds great. So it was me, Kamiar, and Taylor. Uh, Taylor said, Hey, I got a buddy from high school that I think might might be interested in doing this, might might want to talk some basketball. Uh, and he called up his old buddy Nick Crane.
3: That was a mistake. Ram <laughs> at the at the time for whom? At the time, <laughs> I I wouldn't even on nba twitter i wasn't on thunder yeah. twitter i didn't listen to a single podcast like i i didn't know who local beat writers were right i i was just out in the <laughs> yeah. blue on my how own how much of
1: that that phone call or that text message like legitimately change your life nick oh i mean it's like uh,
3: everything literally like they, I, I so what i'm hearing is that uh, nick when we get off we
1: need to talk about
3: <laughs> some royalties Realties, yeah <laughs> no seriously people people always ask like, like how did you get into writing and doing all this stuff and i'm like literally the podcast like if sure, i had not podcasting. if i had not joined this yeah. podcast
4: i would i would not be like my life would be like materially different i think for all of us and jacob mentioned you know he reached out to me we were talking about it <laughs> shout out uh old justin justin hickey <laughs> justin that's and, not and <laughs> it's not even his last name
3: thickness yeah that's
4: like me thickness thickness um but him and Jacob were kind of starting this up. And, and Jacob was like, yeah, I got my buddy Kamgar, He's going to do it with me. Do you know anybody who would be really good for this? I'm like, well, Nick. And Nick and I had grown up playing against each other, like playing basketball against each other, getting to know each other. Like, used the to dunk on grade. your head. And then, <laughs> Wildcats. Uh, and then we became like <laughs> best friends in middle school. Yeah, he played for the Wildcats. I played for the Knights. I remember it. Great rivalry, okay, uh, up there in all time and future. Waso Ram, who um, let
2: Taylor start telling this story? Yeah, it goes it goes way
4: <laughs> back. <laughs> Anyways, and Nick and I became really, really, really good friends in middle school and high school. And so he's one of the first ones I thought of because Nick and I always would talk and text about Thunder basketball and stuff. And uh, that's
1: former how we ball boys, on. we got former, former Thunder, Thunder ball employees
4: here, that's right? Really, like three or four games. Got to do a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Nick, uh, really. Funny. Uh, We've mentioned this a couple of times, but Nick stuff, Serge Ibaka one time, completely unintentionally. And it was hilarious. He got really blocked his shot and they he yelled like, something like, in a different Congo language. Yell.
1: It was horrifying. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. And then <laughs> I think it was a year into the show. Was it a year? Was it two years? Anyway, I was perusing Twitter uh, I think it was in, a year. in early October before the season started. And I saw some tweets of a Thunder... Jersey leak from a, uh, an unnamed Twitter account, uh, just called OKC tracker. And so I slid in the DMs and I was like, Hey, this is really awesome that you got this scoop on, on this thunder uniform, yada, yada, yada. And we, we started chatting a little bit and I said, you know, I, I host the uncontested this Oklahoma city thunder podcast. Uh, your graphics are really cool. You know your your angle on, on covering the team and the uniform stuff and all that is really cool. Do you want to? Would you want to join our team? Uh, and he's kind of thought about it for a little bit. Uh, I think he just had his second child.
2: This is true.
1: That and was a Justin, big
2: point of hesitation. Now he's up to eleven. <laughs> Justin decided. Chasing Nick
1: Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Justin decided Jimmy he was going to join the, the podcast, uh, and the rest is history. So Justin, do you want to give uh, the Taylor-level spiel of your background on how you got here, starting from when you were in your dad's nutsack? <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> wow. No, I was like, um, I don't like the sound of my voice, so this could be interesting. Um, yeah, that's what I was
4: thinking. We were thinking you were coming on just to do graphics, and then like somehow or another... We talked we talked you into, or yeah. you decided you'd come on the pod, and we were like, wait, this guy's like better than we
1: are. Yeah, do you uh, guys remember <laughs> Justin's first pod? Because I remember yeah. he logged in, and I was like, holy shit, this guy is like He's incredible tall. at this. He's so He's like great. natural. I had the Encyclopedia Britannica
3: beside me looking up words you were saying, Justin.
2: <laughs> I don't remember it that way. Um, I very
1: much remember it that way. I was like blown away on the on your first me podcast. Too.
2: Well, thanks,
3: guys. He was talking about photosynthesis and chloroplast and <laughs> mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I thought this was a
2: biology
1: podcast, not a basketball podcast. <laughs> uh, Anything stick out to you from whenever you, were, you you first joined the show, Justin? Um, I
2: thought it'd be really fun to have, like, a shtick, like when you introduced me. I mean, I still do. But at the time, I was like, I'm going to quote, like, rap lyrics or actually specifically outcast lyrics and after about six episodes i was like man this is hard and (laughs) i got one of them you're very quickly scraping the bottom of the barrel
1: and so i simplified i simplified that i love it and then jd joined us when did you join us jd well i was in journalism (laughs) has it been a full full year now
5: yeah, I was in, yeah. I was
1: like helping you guys. I was
5: like making intros and stuff. It used to be my voice, like doing the intro. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, like, introduce was. you guys over That's the intro. Right. I was doing that. Yeah. When I was at UCL, I was like chipping in, in that way. And then I think I officially joined. It was uh, like right at the beginning of
4: last season, the beginning of last season. That's yeah. what I, think I was thinking. It was, it was about this yeah. time. I swear, But yeah. before that though, like, like you said, you started doing our intros and they yeah. were way better because we were just like patching stuff together before that. Mm. So you put together some of the intros for us. And <laughs> I remember like we're going through our um, uh, like doing the post games and it's, it's hard to cover 82 games, especially when there was only four or five of us. And uh, yeah. we we're like, you know, we need some extra bodies. And Jacob mentioned that he had you. So you came on and did a couple of post games with us. And then, yeah, mm, yeah, Silva yeah,
1: came on as a guest a few times and then we extended the offer to for him to like fully produce the show. Um, so he's the one that kind of does all the behind the scenes stuff, making us sound good, uh putting together the sounders, all of that. Yeah. Um that's the team, man. Don't foresee us adding anybody else losing <laughs> their
5: damn mind right now. Uh, no, <laughs> this podcast.
2: I've been up since four in the morning. Oh, I'm at, my gosh. I'm at the end of it, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Woo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and oh. last thing on that note, not to be biased. I am. I'm. I'm biased. I'm not trying to be biased, but I am. Like we have the best graphics and merch. I think of like any Thunder outlet. Uh, I think Justin is just absolutely incredible on that end. Uh, I. I think our content is very original, very fun. I think we're super consistent. The. The producing that JD does. Gas uh, us up, Jacob. Is incredible. I'm just. I think it's really cool. Like we we do we do awesome awesome stuff, and we've all dedicated a a big chunk of our life to doing this show uh no no i love it. it it wouldn't be the same i wouldn't know three of you guys without this show and now i consider all of you guys like really good friends so oh, that was sweet. next part of the podcast let's uh hierarchy the best uh uncontested members justin your first <laughs> <We'll> just <post-draft. laughs> Twitter both, we'll we'll uh, snake draft the
4: podcast it. we
5: God.
3: we are this is crazy we have four hundred. No, sorry, two hundred and forty-nine reviews on Apple Podcasts. Like that, Who that wants to be magic. Two fifty. Two fifty. That's right.
2: Yeah, who's you gonna be
1: the number two fifty?
3: Somebody in the chat right now, go give us our two hundred fiftieth review. The on other Apple thing that's Box. crazy
2: is I think we're getting somewhat close to like a thousand episodes, which is I know no, I, know. I was looking at enough? that earlier. earlier.
1: We'll mm-hmm. have to do something special for episode one K. What are we at? We got to get Trey 1K on episode one What do we okay have though? though? For, for real besties? I, saw I don't know. i will have to look it up. Week. I'll have to look it up. But, I mean, I never would have gone to Vegas this summer if it wasn't for this podcast. I mean, we've hosted watch parties. We had random people showing up in Vegas. Hey, I love the pod. Can I get a picture? And I'm like, I have no clue who you are, but you know my voice. That's like insane to me. That it. Yep. Uh, really cool experiences. So, awesome. Silva, let's pump that outro music. People are tired of listening to us talk. Thank you guys so much for checking out The Uncontested. We really appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We will be back, crap, in a couple of days on Wednesday. We did a a belated show tonight, Uh, pushed it back a day. So we'll be back in two days on Wednesday to talk more basketball. Hey, this month, training camp, media day. We are less than a month away from the first preseason game. Hoops are about to be back, and we're going to have actual stuff to talk about, including J-Dub's Rookie of the Year campaign. Shay Gojus Alexander's all-star run. It's going to be a blast. So keep it posted right here to The Uncontested, all of our social channels. We'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, as always, Thunder Up.
6: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?